Welcome to the Book of Medora podcast, the podcast where we discuss the lore and the fiction, the characters, the story, the themes, and the timeline of the Legend of Zelda series. My name is Crystal, and with me is Monica. Hello. And Cameron. Hi. This is part three of five of our series on the Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, the best video game ever made. Are you sure it's not part two no, of no. part two? No, no, no. It's, a, it's definitely part three of five. There will be no more than five parts of this series. It's going to be a... a, a we got to crank it up a little bit. Really? Make right. sure that we get everything in five parts. Last off, we had just finished the first dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> first of like seven? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Good. So now we got the special ruby part of the slate that Link puts in the thing on the goddess statue which opens a new hole in the cloud so he can get to the Elden region. Uh-huh. The Elden region is inhabited by Magma, which are a new race this time around. Uh-huh. They're mole people? They are, yeah. None of these new races caught on, huh? No. No, not at all. I mean, they only had one game to be handled like that, and then Breath of the Wild happened, and Breath of the Wild seemed to go for the old standbys, mostly, the ones that people really liked. And they could have, they could have brought back the magma. The magma ain't the Rito. The magma aren't too interesting. They're all giant cowards, and they're all named after uh, metals. So this is another race of cowards. Yes. That supposedly fought against the demon tribe. Yes. I think Hylia may have had to pull a lot more of her weight than at some point we might have assumed. Even the Gorons are kind of cowardly in this. How do you figure? If you throw a bomb near uh, Gorko's assistant, he huddles up into a, a, a ball. You're throwing explosives <laughs> at him! Yeah, but other Gorons would be like, ha 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 I don't know if that's true. I don't think that happens in Breath of the Wild. I guess. But, like, there's there's cowardly Gorons in some of them, and they, they, they round up, you know? Yeah, okay. So I have my doubts. So we're jumping to... Link's descent into Elden. Was there anything... Could you read the uh, Magma dialogue in the proper accent? We're not very good at doing accents. I I just know the sound effect, which is, yo! (laughs) Hey, I'm digging here. Oh, see, I thought you were going to do a Kansai accent. I thought you were going to do a surfer dude accent. That's a surfer dude sound to you? Uh, uh, To me, it was like a, yeah, a surfer dude. They're all like, yo... (laughs) Oh, they definitely hey. sound like some Brooklyn wise guys. <laughs> oh, it could be that too, yes. Okay, so was there anything important going on in Skyloft? Um, not particularly. Okay. There's the the mini games mostly opened up. You can go cut some bamboo. Yeah. We don't need to talk about that one for right now. Okay. So we're jumping straight to Elden. When Link lands, he quickly runs into lead and cobalt. Which and is lead and cobalt. Yes. Hey, 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 you mess with our turf, you're gonna pay. Is that something that they say? More yeah. or less, yes. Though Whoa, they're... you're not. <laughs> Yo, lead, I don't think this is one of those red creeps. Yeah, 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 I think you're right. No reason to scare the hair off us, though. That's a pretty good accent. Uh-huh. It sounds like <laughs> you've had practice. No, that was off the cuff. Ah. Good job. Um, they remark that this other human-like person moved past them in a blur. Actually, it's probably not human, it's a Sheikah, it's Impa. We haven't actually remarked on what the Elden region is. Is this, this Death is Mountain? I mean, what else would it be? 
I mean, it's fucking Death Mountain. Come on. It's an awfully big mountain, but yeah, it's a volcano. It's, it's in the Elden region. Has there ever been a big volcano in Hyrule that was not called Death Mountain? Uh, a fucking Dragon Roost Island, apparently. <laughs> I mean, that's definitely, yeah. That's Death Mountain. No, it's definitely Death Mountain, though. Uh, not according to the official Nintendo canon. Well, the official Nintendo canon can kiss my entire ass. Or we should say version 1.2 of the official Nintendo canon. Yeah. <laughs> so you tromp around trying to get a good hang of where Zelda has gone. You're dousing for her. Yes. Along the way, you save a magma from... I don't remember. Oh, from some bokoblins. I was relying on you to remember these things. That's what this I just whole... wrote digging mitts. You get your digging mitts. Great. <laughs> okay, so you rescued this uh, magma. Is it the little tiny rotund one? Um, one of them, yes. No, I mean the one who gives you the digging mitts. It's not the very rotund one. The tiny one? That one's Platt. Okay. Who gives you the upgraded digging mitts later. But you didn't note who gave you the digging mitts. The magma are very... Is it quartz? <laughs> they don't really matter. They are basically interchangeable, is what Monica's saying. Yes. One of them may be a little bit more cowardly, and then one of them is lecherous, and that's about it. And one of them is old... Old and lecherous. Oh, that's the same guy? Yes. Ooh. Um, it's a fun trek over to the temple. You have to sort of navigate a whole bunch of places where there's lava. There's a chasm with a bridge that's withdrawn, and apparently Impa, like, leapt or danced right over it. But you have to find an alternative route that involves, like, climbing vines. And I think it needs to be mentioned here that the fact that we know that this happened is because Makma described that human person i think they even describe her as being blonde in black in the human in black as leaping over it and you don't have any indication that there's any humans on the surface except for you zelda and the old woman so you're actually going through this entire area with the possibility in your head that maybe zelda's doing all this wild shit it might also be girahim yeah but girahim's not a human and nobody's ever mistaken him for human (laughs) in the entire game yeah, but he's always called a demon. Mm, they can tell. Their little HUD display pops up over him whenever he's on screen. Okay. The targeting ridicule. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But eventually you make it to the Earth Temple. The Earth Temple is... How do you get to the Earth great Temple? great design. What? You, you climb over some stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not an important... I'm, I'm trying to truncate this, Cam. Okay, okay, okay. I don't believe in truncating anything. Okay. If it's going to be five parts, part five is going to be a hell of a part. <laughs> oh, no. I don't want to sit here for six hours. Oh, we won't. Eight hours talking about Zelda. It's just going to be a hell of a part. Ten hours. Um, a lot of people have described this as a very demonic-looking temple. Uh-huh. But I, I very much disagree. The Earth Temple. Yes. What elements do people call demonic in it? There are demon looking figures they're either i I wouldn't describe them as necessarily demonic but they look they look inhuman they have bestial faces and eyebrows that are made of fire yes um they have three eyes three eyes four hands something like that ah that sounds like a bunch of devas there's a lot of dragons Uh uh-huh but they're asian dragons right which usually are decent spirits aside from Volvagia. Yeah. There's also a lot of interesting animals. There's um, elephant statues around, spouting fire. 
So before you can get into the temple, you gotta dig up some key pieces. Oh. You didn't write down this part. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, no, I didn't. It's a five-part key, and it looks like a star. And you have to travel over basically the entire terrain in order to get everything you need to enter the oh, temple. Oh, this takes a while. There's always something that you have to do. I yeah. was wondering why you weren't talking about the thing. I guess I didn't note it down. I can't solely be expected to remember this, even though I played this a couple of weeks ago. What? I think, actually, you can be expected. Uh, okay, you have to douse for key parts. Huh. And yeah, this is the little pre-dungeon before the dungeon, mm-hmm. as this game likes to structure itself. Yes, this is the outer dungeon before you get to the inner dungeon. Um, was it the Bacoblins or the Magma who broke up the key? It was not the Magma. It was probably not the Bacoblins either. Well, then who the hell would have done it? It was probably broken to begin with. Then how did Zelda get in? You can get in anywhere. No, not true. But why is there not a back entrance? Apparently, that's why we're having to hunt down these key parts it to go in the front. Impa. Huh? It could have been Impa. Yeah, it could, Impa could have broke it to seal the place behind her. But the Bacoblins take Zelda into the temple, as we find out later. Hmm. Yeah, I could see Impa breaking it and leaving it behind. That I could see. And then yelling at you later. Uh-huh. Um, I guess it could be the Bacoblins, but it's really spread out, and they're all underground. If they're trying to stop link let's see them being buried everywhere is why i thought maybe the magma did it to prevent the cobblins for like moving in on the treasure that's supposed to be in the temple no because you talk to some of the magma and they are looking for the key oh. but then they were like why are we looking for the key we can just dig in yeah not very <laughs> they thoughtful. don't even really know they like treasure yeah that's their whole thing they just really like treasure and talking in brooklyn i guess accents there's a couple of key pieces to the left or to the right of the temple. And then there's at least one that you have to go through the slidey bit. Yeah. I hate the slidey bits. Slidey bit's good. I hate the slidey bits, especially when they turn into a trial later on. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's the shape of a star. And when you get all five, you can open up the door. The outside of the temple is already very interesting looking. It's a giant, sort of like a pagoda shape. Not really. But in the actual rock face of the wall, mm. there's a very bright-looking pink glowing stone on one of the roofs. Do we make anything of that stone? It's the fortune teller's second fortune telling stone. What? Oh, okay. Later. So when they're when they drop when the fortune teller, what was his name again? Mister Luminous Eyes. Yeah, Mister Big Eyes. When he loses his crystal ball you can go and get this one mm-hmm. okay that comes up later there's another thing you can get a little bit down the ways too i think it's the pinwheel for the other uh windmill right but we can't get any of this yet no. because we haven't repaired the robot right because we don't, don't have the ancient flower them. yes it's like that part with twilight princess hunting for the bridges and you're like what is this doing here right <laughs> kind so of annoying you finish putting together the key and then you and can then go into you the go dungeon. into the earth temple but right before you go in, a mysterious woman clothed in a black robe appears. Mm-hmm. And she's easily the best design that this particular character has ever had. Right, this design stuck around for Hyrule Warriors. We should have are you taking the piss? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I understand there are differences in the design, but it is clear. The Hyrule Warriors Impa is clearly an iteration of this Impa. I agree. They're clearly drawing from it. Well, I won't argue the point. This one looks cooler. Yeah. But 
the Hyrule Warriors I, version is drawing from it. Uh, this one should be the basis for her appearance in Smash Brothers, and then Hyrule Warriors should be an alternate costume. Uh, yeah, I could definitely see that happening. If Impa makes it into Smash, she will definitely have this cool black cloak and shit. It's going to look so cool. I would also like like an old woman skin. That might be more difficult. Maybe, I guess. They have Link and Young Link. Why not Impa and Old Impa? So we can have three Sheiks? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Fair enough. And then enough. also middle-aged Impa from Oracles. Oh, so we got uh, we got fake Impa, young Impa, old Impa, and thick Impa. Yes. Okay. <laughs> got it. It'll be like the Fire Emblem characters. Yeah, Just basically. Just nothing but right, Impa. They have four Marts. Why not four Impas? <laughs> You're not wrong. Crystal, do you like the design of the Earth Temple? Uh, you know. I think it's all right. I like how it's kind of drawn from like uh, uh, Hindu and Buddhist iconography. Yeah, it sure does. It's the first of at least two temples that that draw from that iconography. And yeah, it, I, I don't I don't think this temple is any ancient cistern, but I think it's all right. Yeah, generally speaking, it doesn't have that same quite the same sense of being really singularly designed towards this one point but it does play a lot with the fire motif and the motif of these guardian god figures it's kind of fun that they call it the earth temple instead of the fire temple because it's lava it's lava Lava everywhere i guess lava is technically earth yeah it's definitely not fire it is earth well in the legend of korra they only someone with both fire bending and earth bending ancestry can do lava bending I am so mad about Legend of Korra deciding that bending is strictly genetic. Uh-huh. I am so mad. I'm never going to get over that. Well? It's not entirely genetic. It is 100% genetic. Some of the wandering people turned into the wind tribe. Yeah, because if you go back far enough, their ancestors had their wind chakras opened up by Avatar Wan, who is a character that didn't need to exist in the first fucking place. Uh, yeah. Avatar Wan had his chakra opened up by a dragon. Yeah, the big lion turtle, wasn't it? Was it a lion turtle? Uh Uh-huh. I like the Oh, yes, it was a lion turtle, and then he trained with the dragons and the, the moles and the moon. Yeah, remember how in... The Last Airbender, they said that people learned from those sources how to bend. Right. And then you just get it given to you by the Avatar instead. Well, you see, understand, before there was bending, there was fire throwing. But it was it was crude and unskilled. And only with Avatar Wand did it truly become fire bending. I want to take whoever made this decision and shove them into a locker. <laughs> I hope that remake series is good. Oh, Crystal, I don't know. I None get... of the successor series have been good. It's, but, you it, know. it's live action. Fuck. Sure, why not? But there's a bunch of reasons why not. One of them is called Appa. You can make a live action Appa. How? Uh, like with the never animation. ending story. <laughs> oh, we're just going to have a big old... Luck dragon? Yeah, yeah I know. I, I remember the luck dragon. So we're just going to have a big old animatronic Appa. This show yeah. will not have the budget necessary to do that setting justice in the same way that the cartoon did. <coughs> Maybe it will. You Maybe know, it'll be really good. Okay. You know what? You're right. It might be. Would you like to make a bet? Yes. Okay. I'm going to bet that it will not be as good as the cartoon. 
Well, you can't really make a bet on a subjective opinion. There has to be some sort of... It will be objectively less good than the cartoon. <laughs> no, there has to be some sort of measurable metric, like the Metacritic score. Hmm. Hmm. What's an objective metric that we can set this on? If place on Let's Place, it would place at least 20 spaces lower. No. Oh, actually... Airbender Metacritic. Actually, we could... Like just do a ranking of the different air uh, Airbender and spinoff series and sequel su- spiritual successors ranked against each other. That might work. Sure. So it would be the last Airbender, Legend of Korra, uh, Voltron. Because why the fuck not? Um, Dragon Prince. Dragon Prince. Yeah, I haven't watched that yet, but I hear good things. Less enthusiastic from you than from everyone else for some reason. Well, I've only seen up to episode four. Well, by episode four of The Last Airbender, we had already seen our first Agni Kai, and that was radical. Now, Metacritic.com does list for Avatar The Last Airbender seasons one, two, three, four, and ten. Huh? Seasons one, two, three, four, and ten. Uh, Well, who can forget season ten? And season four. Yeah. So what are the scores? Uh, there aren't any. Of course. Good. I'm glad that we... What were we talking about? Was it the Earth Temple? We were talking about the Earth Temple, not the Earth Bending Temple. No, it is an Earth Bending Temple because you need to be able to bend Earth to bend lava. The idea of having to bend... They fu- spent so much fucking time on Bolin being sad that he can't do metal bending. Yes, they did. They did, yeah. They could have spent that time on anything else, like maybe give Kaya something to do. Oh, uh, wouldn't it have been cool if Kaya had had something to do? And she was, yeah, like, they... canonically talking to Korra about her romance problems in the show. They had, like, five different conflicts between Boomy and Tenzin. Yeah. And then Kaya had nothing. Yeah. That's because brothers matter. <laughs> yeah. Didn't nobody like it. Some people liked it, though. Earth Temple. I don't know now. Now it's an Avatar The Last Airbender and what went wrong in the sequel <laughs> podcast earth temple there's five rooms in the earth temple and they're all pretty uh magnanimous (laughs) magma is when it's under the earth you could have saved that for the joke portion of the episode and i wish you had because now i have to sit through a different one (laughs) then in the, the central room is like extremely magma and it is magma because they are underground still technically i guess yes they're under the All, rest of the mountain yeah you go you definitely go down a staircase to get into this shit that's true it is magma okay and you gotta roll around on a big stone eyeball a yeah, big stone eyeball that's one not of the important statues of the the uh, demonic looking things and you roll around on his eyeball it's a pretty eyeball yeah it's pretty cool this is the dungeon that has the giant dragon statue that runs through multiple rooms, right? Yes. It's like a snake's road or a dragon road. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. In and out of the lava. That's really cool. Like Snake's Way in the Dragon Ball series. <laughs> this is where I also noted that there's actually no there's no compass in this game cuz Faya is your compass. You all Oh, does, is she the one who populates everything in the map? But Maybe. or is it just the map the, comes with the it just functions as a compass and things like that. But like with the dowsing that Phi provides, you don't need a compass. Oh, uh, so there's a lot of animal shapes in the dungeon. There are elephants spewing fire. 
There's uh-huh. lions. Elephants, lions. Those aren't animals that exist very often in the Legend of Zelda series. No, no. It really is more of a Buddhist or Hindu iconography. Um, I, I sort of uh, did a bit of research about the three-eyed figures on the walls that kind of look demonic or like a deity. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to tell because it's very stylized. And in, in Buddhist and Hindu art, it's kind of hard to tell which figures are what. But off of about 30 minutes of Googling around, um, I think they look most like the Yama, which are um, these creatures in both Buddhist and Hindu um, mythology, including in uh, Japan's uh, Buddhist um, followings. They are the judges of the dead that preside over purgatory and the cycle of rebirth. Oh, it's like King Yama from Dragon Ball. I guess so. Yeah, basically. (laughs) King Yama would be one of the Yama. And on the walls, you'll see, especially as you go further into the temple near the end, you'll see a whole bunch of these Yamas with um, their hands posed uh, in this like sort of okay symbol. And not like the white supremacist okay. What? It, that's a thing, yeah, though. That's a thing. Uh-huh. Oh. oh. I don't like that. No. But it is um, a type of madra, which is a Buddhist hand gesture. Um, it's the vitarka madra, which is a gesture of discussion or transmission of the Buddhist teachings. Oh. Okay. So what I'm saying here is... This is another temple of Hylia. Yeah. Um, and the themes to this temple are of rebirth into her earthly form. And enlightenment. And enlightenment. And it is teaching and passing on the teachings of Hylia, who in this case is the Buddha. Right. So in a sense, this temple, instead of being made for the hero to find his way through, this one's actually made for Zelda. Because part of what she's doing here is awakening as her earthly self into the knowledge of Hylia. And it's being communicated to her by the temple. Yes. Why isn't there a sea temple? What do you mean? There's a sky temple, and there's an earth temple, but there's a third thing, which is the sea. You mean the pirate ship? <laughs> yeah, but there's no like sea spring that she has to go pray at. Yeah, she only needs two. Okay. The ocean is in her heart. Yeah. I don't know. I mean... The ocean, the ocean hasn't reached a prominence yet. There may no, not be an ocean even. I think that maybe we can look at it as being three essential parts where the spring of Skyview Temple purifies the body and the spring of the Earth Temple purifies the spirit. But the third essential part is Zelda herself. The heart. Yeah, and that's all right. She's got that. She's the Sojo protagonist. She's pure of heart. <laughs> like the princesses of heart from kingdom hearts <laughs> crystal crystal please explain what the princesses of heart from kingdom hearts are well in the cosmology of kingdom hearts everyone is composed of three components the the body the heart, and the will and the princesses of heart are the seven people in the universe who have hearts with only light in them no darkness they're that pure. Right. And that, so the way you, you summon kingdom hearts is you have 13 hearts of darkness against seven hearts of light. And if you put, if you put them together, the, the dialectics 
will create kingdom hearts the dialectics no less yes okay it creates kingdom hearts or does it just open the door uh well what's the difference uh well i mean that it, it the difference would be whether or not kingdom hearts exist outside of the con outside of the context of this conflict between light and dark well, the Kingdom Hearts is the heart of all worlds. Actually, I got it wrong. I misremembered. It doesn't directly summon Kingdom Hearts. It actually summons the the Keyblade, which then can be used to summon Kingdom Hearts. Is there only one Keyblade? Yeah, this this one's spelled differently. It's with the Greek letter key. Oh. So it's which the, is written like an X. So it's the important... Oh, God. Yeah, the Crossblade, we'll call it. The, it's pronounced Keyblade. I know how it's pronounced. Earth Temple. No. Let's get the bomb bag. Xehanort wants the Keyblade because a key opens doors. Is his name Xehanort or Keanort? It's Xehanort. <laughs> I think it might be Keanort. <laughs> no, it's spelled with an X, not with a key. Keanort. Earth Temple. The Earth Temple got hoarded. <laughs> you have to enter in a door with two Lizophos um, pillars. and Lizophos pillars? Yes. They're shaping the door. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. And you fight two Lizalfos. This is the first... Oh, I see. So the fact that they're set up as an obstacle that's pointed out by the temple itself says that these may actually be guardians of the temple. Yep. Oh, and they stole a Magma's bomb bag. Because they're dick guardians of the temple, <laughs> I guess? Well, because Lincoln needs a bomb bag, so... Sure. They're going to take this Magma's bomb bag. I mean, Lizalfos are evil. And then the magma is like, you have to help me get my bomb bag back. Please. And so, Link is like, fine. I hate fighting Lizalfos in this. Why do you hate fighting Lizalfos? Because you can't hit them with your Skyward Strike. They block. Oh. They jump aside. Yeah, it needs to be noted here that most of the time when Monica fights enemies in Skyward Sword, she prefers... She prefers to stay far enough away that she doesn't directly aggro the enemies, and then she hits them with her Skyward Strike. For however long that takes to kill everything. That's fine. Yeah. But these Lizalfos are very savvy and they block. And they've got giant metal armor on their arms. They also have probably the easiest insta-kill pattern of any enemy in the game. Look, if you're not very good at motion controls, they're a little bit tough. And they'll knock you down because they spin around a lot. Uh. And then they tease you because if you try to hit them... They will duck under or over or over their metal or stone arm and then go blah. <laughs> and then you have to strategically hit them from whatever direction the arm isn't. You The best thing to do once you try to make a horizontal swipe against them and they dodge is to use a vertical spin attack in whichever direction will strike them in the head. That will knock them prone, and you can finish them off with the uh, death stab move. And you take them out in three swings. It feels very good once you get it down. But it's also very hard to pull off when you're fighting two or more of yeah, them. Yeah, two or more makes it hard, too, because then they'll occasionally just gang up on you. The Zalfos are pretty tough. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm glad that there aren't that many enemies in this game overall. You mean in terms of enemy variety? Uh, volume. Oh, combat isn't actually that big a thing. No, it's like every time you have to fight something, uh, there's only a handful of times when you have to do that each temple. Right, like the overall volume of enemies, relatively low. Yes, 
Especially with the Lazalfos and Stalfos and everything like that. They're very scattered. Yeah, they'll throw bokoblins at you all day, but the tough enemies, you don't have to fight that many. So you retrieve the bomb bag for the Magma, and he takes it back. And then he's like, no, no, wait, here, here you go. You need this more than me. Yeah. Um, and this is the first game where you can just pick up bomb flowers. Yeah. And stuff them in your bag. It's an extremely good system because... In every game prior to this one, you had to either buy bombs, as in Twilight Princess, or else find them when they're dropped off by dead enemies. In this one, you can pick up bomb flowers, which in previous games could only be used to throw, and shove them directly into your bomb bag, which, like, snuffs out their fuses or something, but that's how you refill your bombs. It's great, and this is a little chime when you hit max bombs. Yeah. Like, ding, and you're like, oh yeah. It's the good shit. And this is where you also realize you can you can throw bombs. Well, no, you know this beforehand. You can throw bombs. You can roll them. Roll them. You can set them down. Yeah. Rolling uh, is great. That's one of the things that they showed off in one of the demos for this game at some point was the ability to hold your Wii remote pointed toward the floor and Link would roll bombs as if he was bowling and you could also tilt the Wii remote in one direction or the other to control the curve of the roll. And it ended up extremely underused over the course of the game there's only like a handful there's like six places total there are these jerk like shrimp things that hate those run into holes and spew fire yeah and you have to roll the bombs into them and then there's some various puzzles not very many yeah it's it's one of those cases the bomb rolling is one of those cases in this game where they had this fun idea for a mechanic but didn't end up doing that damn much with it they did have like a huge arrow show you where the bomb would go, which they didn't do for Breath of the Wild. That's true. Breath of the Wild uh, required you to get much more used to the particular physics of your weapons. I like the arrow, though, particularly when throwing, and it'll tell you exactly where it will go. Yeah, I feel that. Which method do you prefer, Crystal? For what, exactly? For Do you prefer to have the trajectory that a bomb will take sketched out, or do you prefer to have to have a feel for it? Oh, absolutely sketched out, not even close. Yeah. All right, cool. I guess it would be a bit difficult with wind and whatever in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, maybe. The physics. There are a lot of things in Breath of the Wild that affect much more than in Skyward Sword. Mm-hmm. Um... I cannot for the life of me remember... Oh, the, the key in this is the sh- in the shape of a dragon. Yeah. A golden a dra- dragon. Yeah. Golden dragon key. I did not write down the description of it. That's okay. It's a golden dragon key. <laughs> There's not really that much to say about it. It's just continuing the dragon <laughs> motif. Yeah. Um, in the sequence to unlock the boss door, there's you're in this giant room with two dragons facing each other. The twin dragons. Right. And one of them has with the boss door, but it's covered by lava. Billy. Billy. Uh-huh. Billy's Billy got the, the boss dragon. door. Okay. Billy bit the dust. Um, and then the other one, you have to climb all the way up, and then it triggers an Indiana Jones boulder. Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy has the boulder. Jimmy has the boulder. Okay. And you just sort of run down and hopefully to the side because you're smart. Right. Instead of towards the part where the boulder will l- launch promptly into the other dragon's Wh- mouth and which, stop the Which lava. did you do? To the side, of course. Oh, okay. I'm not stupid. Um, and the door is this lovely red cloud or fiery puff. Yeah. And hopefully you solve the key puzzle without too much difficulty. Some people have trouble with shape puzzles. When you 
open the door, does the second dragon, Jimmy, does it swallow the boulder? Yes, it swallows the boulder. Okay. That's what you remember? Yeah, because that's how it gets mm. into the next room. Hmm. I I remember the entire sequence, actually. <laughs> okay. It's a very cool part. Yeah. And when you get into the next room and the door locks and you expect a boss to jump out at you, there, there isn't anything initially. You walk forward and I guess some people may be dowsing, although I don't know why, you just walk forward. And you see this like chain on the floor and Fi remarks that Zelda's uh, essence is particularly strong here, so she must have been chained down at one point. Which is not good. No, but she's not there anymore. Which is potentially ominous. And then uh, Girhim appears. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Do you want to pull up his text? Okay, hold on. Oh, it's you. <laughs> well, let me see. No, that's not it. This is so very embarrassing. But I seem to be at a loss for your name. Not that it matters, really. To tell you the truth, I'm feeling a bit frustrated right now. I just need someone to vent to. I hear my underlings had finally captured the spirit maiden. So of course I rushed over here. What can I say? I was excited. Flustered, even. But what did I find when it arrived? That agent of the goddess. She had once again... Uh, you see, what I'm trying to say is... That goddess-serving dog escaped with the girl <laughs> crystal what the hell is this voice you're doing <laughs> it's my it's my jerahim voice yeah but like what, what what's the effect you're going for here yeah i don't know i just kind of <laughs> it's just happening <laughs> this is just how it comes out yeah it's, i my muse makes the decisions i'm but a vassal oh okay he has a big temper tantrum I must have the spirit maiden in order to resurrect my master. I must have her! And then he gets a little bit embarrassed. He's like, wow, I lost my temper there. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to beat you up now. Or he's going to have a friend beat you up and th- burn you to a crisp. Is this the is this the first we hear of Girahim having a master? Yeah, maybe? No. Hmm. I think it might be. It's the first time that he explains to us why he's chasing Zelda. Yeah. It probably is. So here is where we are introduced to the idea that Girahim, the demon lord, is not actually the chief evil of this game. Mm-hmm. Right. There's yet a demon king that he serves. I wonder if it's related to Mr. Teethy Wigglytoes. Huh. Maybe. Hmm. How Poss- is that possible? Uh, yeah, I-, I wonder if the person he's trying to resurrect is related to the imprisoned. Yes. The great evil sealed at the bottom of the goddess's place. But that one is imprisoned. It doesn't need to be resurrected. Ah, well, that actually, mm, okay, that implies something interesting. That would mean that he's planning to go back into, oh, no, he doesn't resurrect demise at all. No. He means resurrection here as restoring to himself. Yeah, he absolutely wants to bring back Wigglytoes to his true form. Right, because demise is no longer... There is only the imprisoned. Yeah. Do we think that the imprisoned would be restored unto itself if left free for long enough? Yes. Okay. Perhaps in a different shape, such as the Calamity. That might make a certain amount of sense. Or maybe the other demons would beat him up and he would turn into a weapon like in the Devil May Cry series and it would be a trident. Yeah. (laughs) That might work. It's Skaldera. 
Scaldera's a fun fight. You have to explain how Scaldera shows up, though, because that's half the fun. It's the oh. boulder that Jimmy swallowed <laughs> goes through this whole oh, I thing. I didn't think it was the same boulder. It is the same boulder. Did you miss that? It's absolutely the same boulder. I guess so. Yeah, it's 100% the same oh, boulder ridiculous. that you use to open the boss door in the first place. Goes through this long track that runs along the body of the second dragon. And then it kind of smashes into a wall and cracks. And it turns out it was a monster. Yeah, with a big eye so you know where its weak spot is. Yeah. And big spindly legs. Yeah. Made of I, lava. Made yeah. of lava. I, I did not realize it was the same boulder. Oh. That's hilarious. It totally is, though. Hylia planned some shit. Yes, she did. I don't know why Girahim knows that Skaldera is there. It's still a bad thing. So he can feel its demonic energies? You know, Girahim never seems to consider the fact that all of these things that have been set up ahead of time are not demonic. Like, they're demonic in nature, but Hylia did all this shit. Yeah. The demons are the domain of the goddess as well. Maybe the boulder actually was just a boulder with... Not not even magma inside it. It was just a boulder of rock. But then Girahim summoned this lava demon inside of it. Uh, we're going to get into the relationship between Girahim and Hylia a little bit later, possibly in part five. <laughs> but this makes me wonder now, is it possible that Girahim knows that Hylia is in control of everything? No, I don't think he knows at all. Uh... Well, the broom is also uniquely shaped to fight Skaldera. That's true. Tell me how the fight go. Well, uh, you start at the bottom of a dragon body. Uh-huh. It's an Asian dragon, so it's long. It's a long path. It's like a big hill. Yes. And um, Skaldera uh, starts climbing, and you're like, oh, crud. And so you have to start running up to the top. And once you get to a certain length, there are bombs planted along the sides. And you can pick up these bombs and chuck it at Skaldera. Or you can just let Skaldera scamper after you. Because its feet are made of fire. Yes, and once it gets far enough, it'll stomp one of those bombs and go rolling back down the hill. This teaches you that exploding bombs on Skaldera is the key to getting it to fall back. And then um, when it gets to the bottom, it will start a big old inhale, and you're like, oh, I fought King Dodongo. I know what I to do here. Or if you haven't played a Zelda game before, this may be slightly mystifying, actually. I guess so. Is there a sequence anywhere in the temple where you have to throw the bomb into wind? No. Oh, Fi can tell you what you need to do, can't she? Probably. Yeah. You chuck it in, and this blasts off some of the rock. It doesn't like wall. having the explodey in its tummy. Mm-hmm. And then um, you poke a poke its eye. And you do this a couple of times and the eye starts roaming and hiding behind the rocky bits. And you're like, get out here. Yeah. (laughs) And hides from your sword. Yeah. That first time you fight Skaldera, it's really rough, actually, because it like hides from you so good. Yeah. And then after you get its health down to about, what, half? Mm -hmm. Then its legs get really long and it runs much faster than you. Yeah. And then you just let it run past you, hit the bomb, and then like you have to dodge it rolling back down what needs to be said is also if you miss the inhaley bomb throw bit it will chuck fireballs at you and then you just sort of dodge it like it's frogger or whatever sure frogger jesus i I don't know think of a video game no i mean frogger's perfect whatever um this whole time kirahim can't get to where zelda is because there's a door and there's a giant like hylia crest on it with like it looks like chains but 
it's sealed. Yeah, it's sealed against him with magic he can't break. Right. And he doesn't even really bother, I guess, because the first time he was, like, throwing his sword against it. The second time he's like, yeah. He knows he can't get through it. Yeah. He doesn't stick around to watch you fight Scaldera No, either. he thinks he'll be eaten. You just, you, he just pisses off, I guess, to try to figure out where Zelda will go next. Yep. So he's not there to see the big old monster, you know, poof into a heart. Which is either the essence of the monster's life force or symbolic of Link's personal growth. It is symbolic of Link's personal growth. At least in Skyward Sword. Yes. Not necessarily in the other games, but in Skyward Sword it seems to be. And Link um, opens up that sealed door. It's no problem for him. And walks into this lovely visual change because it was all fire and lava and you know rock before but it's like all green and water in this magical room that is nice it's very pure and magical um and it's another of the springs it's the earth spring and zelda is just wrapping up on her harping and she's wearing a new outfit yeah it is white and if you've played breath of the wild before skyward sword you go <gasps> it's that sword but it has sleeves oh, sorry that's dress but it has sleeves god yes. sword what the fuck <laughs> and link is super happy to see her and once zelda notices she's like ah and she starts to move toward him and then impa's like nope nope uh-uh Leave room for Jesus. <laughs> Jedi are not allowed to love. Uh, pretty much. I don't think that's exactly what... No, no, no. She's like, stay on task. She's like, listen, you have a fucking job to do? And I have to remind you of the job. And the the harp playing activated a magical light portal warp thing. Uh-huh. So Zelda apologizes and says she has to leave and walks into the mysterious light and that's when Impa gives Link some shit. Yeah, Link is about to run up the stairs over to the light thing, but then Impa glares, and there's this big zoom in on her eye. Ugh. And I think these lines are pretty good to pull What's up. Impa's accent? Um, I don't know if I necessarily want to give Impa a, uh accent where it's culturally accepted that we can make fun of it. Okay, um, uh, Midwestern American. Yeah, we'll go with that. It took you far too long to get here. Looking at you, I fear the goddess is mistaken in her choice of agents. If this failure is any indication, you have no hope of defending her grace from those who seek to assail her. Do my words anger you, boy? Do my words sting? Let them. If I had not come when I did, your Zelda would already have fallen into the hands of the enemy. The truth of, the truth of it is, you were late. You were late and you failed to protect her. I sent Zelda ahead to learn more of the fate in which she is destined to play a part. Listen well, chosen one. If you wish to be of help to her grace, you must summon a shred of courage and face the trials laid out before you. Only when you've conquered the trials will you be of use to Zelda. No sooner. Am I understood? And then she walks off into the light and it disappears. It's basically telling Link not to be such a uh, shitbag and to get his stuff in order. The sad song plays as she scolds him. Because he's slow and his dream is unclear. Yeah, both those things are true. He's not a very good boyfriend material right now. Um, then there's a bit of a pause. And there's the usual um, thing where you have to skyward strike the crest of Hylia. Yeah. And Phi speaks to you in the language of the gods of old. Link is Link's fucking bummed after that exchange, yes, right? Yes, he is. Yeah. It's like she was right there. 
but he's not good enough. He actually sees a vision of Zelda here in her pink outfit um, as he stares up at Hylia, the statue. So I think he gets what's going on. Or he has some intuition about it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. But anyway, uh, Fi's message. The spirit maiden who descended from the clouds has passed through the earth spring and makes her way to a faded place. The parched desert of Laneru. That is where the chosen will pass through the gate of time into a distant world. Hmm. 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 Gate of time. Distant world. And also now you have another rock. Oh, yes. Here is another rock, and it's got a gem on it, and it's a yellow gem. I think it's though, a topaz. <laughs> even though Laneru, you know, blue. Yeah, no, and in, in, in this age, it's definitely a thunder place. Yeah. My theory is that because the sky is blue, they didn't want a pillar of blue. That would make sense. So, <laughs> the fact that you can go down into Laneru now, because, of course, you go back to Skyloft, and you return the piece of the map to the place at the base of the goddess statue. Oh, I, I that needs to be pointed out. There are no warps for Link out of these dungeons. It just sort of fades out, and you later see him walking out. So warps weren't invented yet. So, it, it, but, like, he walks his ass out. Yes, he does. So you make your way back to Skyloft, which is the thing you do, and you put the stone tablet in place, and a new hole in the clouds opens, and I think if you ask the fortune teller, or possibly Fi, about what will happen down in Lenebu province, they'll tell you that you need to be careful of electricity. Mm-hmm. Now, going down into Elden, you had to be careful of fire, which made your wooden shield less useful. Luckily, the bazaar had an iron shield that you could buy, but the iron shield would conduct electricity quite powerfully. Your wooden shield will work fine against electricity but it's also relatively fragile so what you'll want in this case is the sacred shield you've been waiting for this moment the sacred shield is important for a couple of reasons mechanically it's important because it can block all elements it can block fire it can block electricity and it can even block curse but even though it has relatively low uh Durability. Durability. It regenerates durability over time. So if you're good at parrying and don't block a lot, in theory it might be the last shield you ever need. It's also interesting when you look at it. And Crystal, I've linked it there in the Skype. You'd like me to describe it? Yeah, please. So the the overall shape of it is similar to the typical Hillian shield. Uh, the top of it is like a, a bird that's upside down with its wings forming the top of the shield, and then it's like head pointing down like a bat with hang. And then the the background of it is a dark purple and light purple checkerboard pattern. Mm-hmm. And then in the middle of it is the shape of a, of a bird foot with its talons out. And this particular bird foot, its arrangement is very similar to a cross. Yes. <laughs> What I would like to put forth here Uh is that the shield that Link carries in Legend of Zelda and Adventure of Link do bear a cross, but they're not the cross of Christianity. It is a simplified version of this sacred symbol of Hylia. Okay. That's it. (laughs) 
I've waited like 14 months to say this, but this is he it. He has honestly, this has occurred to him since... Multiple times. Yes. At least since Link to the Past. Yeah. So... Now, Cameron, if I put forth this theory, the Empire of Hyrule built crucifixes in the shape of this ancient sacred symbol of Hylia <laughs> and crucified Jesus Christ and made him wear a crown of thorns and nailed his arms to the toes of the bird. <laughs> and in his passion, he absorbed the sins of man. This is so sacrilegious <laughs> that it is making my Baptist upbringing curdle the blood in my veins. <laughs> I, I only know the story of Christ secondhand as I was raised uh, in Judaism. Uh, oh, really? Cool. I see. I see. <laughs> Okay, well. <laughs> I was in a good old atheist household, so. Oh, sense... don't, don't tell. Well, I mean, that. effectively. She can get more religious over time. Okay, sure. But uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to take the idea that you've put forth that the Roman Empire is the Empire of Hyrule. And I'm going to leave that where it is. And I'm never going to touch it again. <laughs> You can have that one. Um, I do like that the talons of the bird's foot are depicted slightly apart from the foot itself. And the ones on the side are shaped like claws. But because of the way that it's drawn, the one at the top and the one at the bottom are shaped almost like pieces of the Triforce. In fact, the one at the bottom echoes the upside-down Triforce piece in the final Hylian shield that we see in the era of Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Sure does. So even that might be a different form uh, or rather a divergent form of this same design. The fun thing about that bird claw also is that it kind of looks like a stylized bird. Yeah. So it's like this looks like both the cross shield and the Hylian shield is what I'm saying. Right. I would, it's a really good design. According to the accursed timeline I would say that this would actually be a decent way to read how those two designs diverge. Mm. Mm -hmm. In one timeline, it becomes the Hylian shield, and in another timeline, it becomes the cross shield, which keeps evolving. Perhaps okay. the goddesses were like a big bird, and when they left the world, their foot got caught and got torn off, and the three talons became the pieces of the Triforce, and the lower talon became Hylia. So she's a Triforce piece in theory. What? Yes. You know, Crystal, I told somebody once, relatively recently, I think it was in reference to like our guest appearance on the Let's Plays podcast, I told them that we had never put forth a single idea or canonical uh, embellishment that did not either explain the canon or enhance it. And I'm going to say that's still true. But god damn, you're pushing it. Okay. <laughs> you know what somebody once told me? What's that? The world was going to roll me. Because you weren't the sharpest tool in the shed? Uh-huh. How much of that do you think I should put in here? I'm not putting Smash Mouth on this goddamn podcast. <laughs> I, I, I thought seriously about it for a second, but I'm not going to. Can we talk about upgrading weapons or accessories? Let's take a moment to do that. That's really fun. I really love that. Can you explain how it works for the listeners? Yes. 
you have your treasures, which are um, miscellaneous items. You start stockpiling, including bird feathers and tumbleweeds and cursed gems or whatevers. And those Megatama, the dusk and the regular amber ones. Basically a bunch of random crap that Link finds all over the place. And for some reason, what's his name in this one? Gondo. Gondo. Gondo, the... um, repair person who can fix your shield can also upgrade your your weapons Mm -hmm. and with the sacred shield it can turn into the goddess shield there's always like two upgrades yeah there's three levels for each shield for the wooden shield i think it's the wooden shield the banded shield and the reinforced shield Mm -hmm. i don't remember what it is for the iron one though yeah the designs always change each time. That's pretty neat. And for the goddess one, I think it's the sacred shield, the radiant shield, and the goddess shield. Speaking of shields, now that I look at the actual model of the Hylian shield in game in Ocarina of Time, uh-huh. the the way the bird is drawn actually looks more like a human figure with wings. Could you could you link us to that? Sure. Wow. Yeah, I could definitely see that. It it definitely looks like the the bird crests that lay around um, Skyward Sword, the mini save spots. Yeah. And also, it it's basically a symbol of Hylia. It also looks like Zero Two, the final boss from Kirby 64, the Crystal Shards. A similar figure appears in the bottom of the Majora's Mask Hylian Shield. Huh. Isn't that interesting? That's Isn't really that cool. interesting? Huh. Zelda art design is always interesting. <laughs> Okay, this is just, uh, this is a text file, for some reason. Oh, yeah, no, it's trying to, uh... Oh, yeah. That looks like an owl, almost. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, closer to the shape on the Sacred Shield. You can easily see how that was derived. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Huh. I think we have enough time to venture into Laneru. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, let's um, do it. I mean, we've only been recording for about an hour. Okay, great. Laneru's going to present some problems once we get into it, though. We may not make it to the fucking dungeon. Yeah, no. Okay. We might as well start the trek. Is there anything else we need to do up here besides get the sacred shield? No. Okay. Um, after you... Everybody's asking about, like, what you've been up to, though, right? Yeah, um, various people are like, oh, gee, I haven't seen Zelda in a while. Or like, have patience, Zelda will just show up again. Except for Groose. Have... Yeah, except for Groose, who just blames you. Groose not only blames you, but he says that if you're not going to get it taken care of, then he is. Yeah. Groose's dream he's is clear. He's a little bit pouty about it. He, I think he's, he's allowed. He's in his room. He's, al- he's allowed. Yeah, he's very sad. He, he's 17. He's allowed. Poor, stupid, dumbass kid. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> so you you descend, and you descend to this giant desert, and Five remarks that a few hundred years has turned this land, uh, which used to be uh, like a sea, into desert. And you see these giant ruins, including the one that you land on, are shaped in a very funny way. Um, if you played the game before and you look at it you'll realize that they're giant uh robot shapes what do we make of that um 
the robots really liked making sculptures and uh, buildings shaped like themselves. Oh, what Maybe the hell the... happened to the Lanayru region? Desertification. In the past hundred years? It must have been an utterly catastrophic bit of... God, yeah, I guess so. The effects of the war were felt much more harshly in Lanayru than anywhere else. But the well, war was thousands of years ago. The effects may have only come into being there. Well, what you get the sense of um, as you venture along is that the robots were um, attacked by waves of electro bokoblins. I can't remember what they're actually called. Yeah. Electric wielding bokoblins. They've got these electro swords. And these leached the electricity out of the robots. And the robots may have been doing a lot to keep um, the area preserved. Oh, so you're saying that maybe this place is naturally a desert and that its state as a... Oh, that's not what you're saying. What are you saying? I, I wasn't really saying anything. Oh. I, it could have just been... Yeah, no, I, I guess I was leaning towards that it was more naturally desert. Or that something was really thrown out of whack. Maybe it's that whatever effects the demon war had on the climate were being held back mm. by the efforts of the robots. Yeah. It, it's also possible to theorize that those, those giant statues of robots were giant robots. Yeah. <laughs> but they were like the gumball guardians. From Adventure Time? Uh-huh, from Adventure Time. Okay. Yeah. Um, so as you walk around in the desert, you encounter these ancient ruins of these robots and they don't talk they're just like, they seem oh. like they can talk right and if i can identify them they are the ld-301 series of artificial life forms what the hell is the ld-301 series uh, they they um preceded the ld-302 series <laughs> <laughs> like maybe ld is Lanayru dragon something yeah probably that makes sense because they Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. And they were mass-produced, so they have no name. And their purpose was to mine time-shift stones. So, Lanayru built these guys? That does seem to be the case. It was either Lanayru or Hylia. Lanayru did definitely name them. And they do refer to him as their dragon god in particular. Yeah, their master. Oh, they're also there for maintenance of the area. So, yeah, I guess the theory that the place fell apart without them is pretty well supported. So, you say that they're mining time shift stone. Uh-huh. So, you wander around and you get to this central area and you can poke one of the... There's a, there's a purple-looking stone in the center. They are blue. Let's pull up. I, I would describe them as indigo. The deactivated one. Okay, fine. The deactivated one is purple. And when you hit it... It's blue. Okay. Okay. It's sure. got the shape of an eye on it, very interestingly enough. And the, when you circles. say a central area, you mean the central area of the Lanayru mining facility. Yes. That, that is 1,000% a Sheikah eye. Yeah, it's a Sheikah eye. And it's even covered with the same circles, circles. and lines yeah. that are later used in... Sheikah iconography and Breath of the Wild. So That's really cool. Impa's people were also involved in the time shift stones in at least some way. Yeah, the the way I think it, it the robots need time shift stones to um, to keep running, but it seems like they exported the time shift stones too for some other usage, and that was probably in the service of Hylia. 
because that is her power. Yes. Time shift stones are interesting. I think before we get into what makes them interesting in this game... You know what? No, fuck it. We'll talk about it a little bit later. Let's talk about what makes them interesting in this game. What happened when you hit a time shift stone exactly? You bop it, and then an area, depending on the size, I suppose, of the time shift stone, um, it, it throws out a field and... Everything is restored into this lush green state and the robots come back to life and you realize you are in a little time pocket. That is thousands of years prior. Thousands of years old. Outside is desert and, you know, wasteland. Inside is lush green plus robots functioning. Interesting that it links to specific eras, much like the pedestal of time. It seems to be that it is anchored a certain length of time back yeah which makes you think like what were they doing before like what if you hit a time shift stone back in the day oh see that's an inter what, what do you think might happen if you hit one back in the day uh Me? depends on how it was programmed programmed you say i think the sheik inscriptions are programming interesting mm. what kind of programming well, right now they're programmed to link, say, 500 years apart. Okay. But cer- certainly objects made from time shift stones, such as the Ocarina of Time, can be used differently as it was in Majora's Mask. Mm. This is the part where we talk, or you wanted to save it, screw it. This is the part where we <laughs> say everything time-related and purpley or bluey is the time it's a time shift stone the door of time and ocarina of time all the time blocks that you control with the song of time the ocarina of time itself absolutely yep all time shift stones all time stuff is time shift stones all these things are the purview of hylia Uh so what are time shift stones made out of well they're processed from the ore that's mined out in this area interestingly even the ore the raw ore that you can also strike has the same sheikah patterns on it hmm. they're naturally occurring hmm. if those things are also made from time shift stones all those things that we just named is it also possible that there's a bunch of stuff sheikah technology in breath of the wild that would also be derived from time shift stones absolutely could it be that the guardians draw their power from time shift stones in some ways? And that's why they can shoot laser beams everywhere? Maybe. Those aren't purpley or bluey. Or everything to do with the shrines. Everything to do with the shrines, definitely. What happens if a Goron eats a time shift stone? <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Maybe Hylia is a Goron that ate a time what? shift stone. Cameron. Yeah. 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 Don't do this. I won't do this. I'm sorry. No, I take okay. it back. You can do it if you'd like. But then we'll be talking legitimately about Hylia being a Gorn that ate time shifts. No, Hylia is a spirit of good. No, uh, what I was thinking was, what happens if, like, something... So Link can wander around in the bubble of a time shift stone just fine. And then out of the bubble, he's fine too. Yep. Uh-huh. But anything <laughs> that existed in the past... Like um, the electrobacoblins, which are, are uh, skeletons in the present time, or the robots, if they get out of the field, they deactivate or turn into skeletons or fade away. Yeah. Time catches up with them all at once. It's just that time catches up with them in a completely different place. Right. So what happens if, like, 
Gorko was there, and then you hit a time shift stone. So he wasn't the one hitting it. No, see, the way that I see it is it doesn't matter what hits it because Link doesn't have to hit the time shift stone directly. Bombs can activate it uh-huh. in the same way. Yes. I think that what it is is that the time shift stones do not affect anything that exists in the current time. The only thing that time shift stones affect, God fucking help me for trying to get into this bullshit, is that there are things that existed in the past and changed or no longer exist and time shift stones can restore those previous states, but it cannot overwrite current states. But what about the sand in a room that goes away when you hit the time shift stone? That used to be in the walls. Okay, fine. Ancient flowers also pop up. And you can pick up an ancient flower and leave the time shift stone field. Yep. And it stays with you. That's weird. What the fuck are time shift stones and how does time travel work in this setting? Time travel is fucked. That is not good enough for the purposes of the Book of Medora podcast. I do not think time shift stones create alternate timelines. I think only Hylia can do that. Okay. So time shift stones create limited pockets of shifted causality. Sure. Yeah. So you can put down a time shift stone and strike it, and everything that you have on your person that exists in the present is brought back into this prior space, and you can affect things in the past but they will only affect that space. Yep. Unless you have an ancient flower and you stuff it into your pouch. Sure. And then the magic is like, well, he needs that flower to upgrade his shield. (laughs) Better let him have this one. Maybe it's more that instead of actually having the flower, you have the oil from the flower. Because that's what's special about the ancient flowers is the oil that they have in them. Yes. There's an odd remark about it that it also glows in the dark, but I really don't understand the significance of that. Time travel in this game, especially. The the time shift stones alone add so many complications to it. Because when you're standing in a time shift stone field, you can look at the edge of it and see beyond it to how things are in the present. And that's true even of things in the past. Yeah. They can know that they only exist in the state they do because of the time shift stone. That's why the... Bacoblins, electric bacoblins, don't wander outside of the bubble. They yeah. can't. You have to, like, blast them out of it. And there's a few comments later by certain robots that they they know what's going on. They are aware. Yeah, time has passed. <sighs> right, they've probably used these before. Yeah, absolutely. That's why they're not shocked. But, like, the physics, the time travel physics behind the time shift stones are uh, fucked. And they're consistent, but they're consistent in a way that breaks totally with time travel stories as I'm familiar with them. There's also one point with one of the puzzles, because as you venture through Lanayru, you go into these mini uh, packaging facilities. Right. And like, and at least one of them, you move a block in the present, and then you use a time shift stone in the past, and the block is there. Uh huh. So you not can being there before. So you can take a state of something that existed in both timelines or both periods, move it in the later period, and have that affect the previous period once you strike the time shift stone. So it's not in the past; it wasn't there. But when you hit the time shift stone, it forces synchronicity, changing the past. So anyone that was observing it from the past would see like a flash and then that rock has fucking moved it was really fucked up it can 
retroactively rewrite history because if you move it in the present and strike a time shift stone, then you've also moved it in the past. Mm -hmm. By deactivating the time shift stone, it means that moving it in the present retroactively changed where that rock was for thousands of years. Sure, why not? I'm not saying there's any reason why not, just that it's very different from, like, Chrono Trigger or Ocarina of Time rules. It's similar to Titanfall 2. Please explain. Uh, Titanfall 2 basically has a time shift gauntlet that links two eras that are, like, like a couple months apart. Right. But they both progress at the same speed, if you will. Sure. Their synchronicity. Are, right. And you can take things from the past into the future, and vice versa. Do you think that the people who designed Titanfall 2 played through the Lanayru region and said, hey, this is cool shit? Yeah, actually, probably. Because <laughs> it, it does work like very similarly. Anyway, it, 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 it's something that we'll have to get into a lot more over the course of the game because they keep using these time shift stones and time travel becomes much more important. And in fact, uh, it's like the entirety of the end of the game is nothing but one big time travel conundrum that we're going to have to pick apart with a pair of tweezers. Right. But I think we've got enough to communicate the essentials of it for right now. So you go and you get into the desert proper of Lanayru, out of sight of the little mining um, stuff that's been going on. And you spend some time chasing after tumbleweeds that spawn when you're not looking off screen. Of course. And hopefully you've upgraded your net two times so it's very easy to catch these um, tumbleweeds. Because you need a lot of tumbleweeds. <coughs> like 15 fucking tumbleweeds. Yeah. Um, but eventually you get to this... Um, the tumbleweeds, for our listeners, are all optional. But if you want to fully upgrade everything, you need a ton of them. Meaning they're required. You get to this little uh, scene where this one robot is being kept in a cage and it, its little body is in the cage, uh -huh. all desiccated. And then it's surrounded by Bokoblin skeletons. Yes. What the fuck happened here? Again, the Bokoblins took over. No, did the Bokoblins just stand there until they died? Uh-huh. Oh. Uh-huh. The sad thing about it is you can't save these robots. No. You can't restore this area. No. What happened? They're not fact, real. What? Well, they're real. It's just that what happened happened. And, and it's necessary to happen. And you don't have the tools necessary to change it. Later, you have tools necessary to change the fate of some, but not these ones. Mm -hmm. What I mean to say is they're just machines. Uh, they're they're sentient. I think that probably they have they're sapient. They they have more realness to them than the magma do, <laughs> or at least more than the squid people. Yeah, there's no logic to anything machines do. They're just repeating meaningless data from the past. Is that a line from something? That's uh, from Near Automata. I see, as spoken by the android character. Right, androids and machines are different. Yes, they're extremely different. Monica hasn't played Automata. It's okay, I got the gist of it. Yeah, you know what? We're going to say you did. Uh, Crystal, should I try to get Monica to play near Automata? It's, it's a good game. I mean, you can just watch it. Uh, actually, no, you should play it. Uh, I, I think that it's one of those rare games where playing it is actually an essential part of the experience. I agree. I, I've got to find... Is there like a mod that I can use to make Route B better? I don't no. need a mod. No? Damn you just it. play on all the battle like me. 
Fair enough. But I mean, like, I hacked everything in Route B. And I got that power where if you hack things, they explode. Oh. That did, that did a lot of damage. So anyway, um, you use the time shift stone there, and the poor little robot is trapped, but you can kill the bokoblins, and ha- it sees your beetle that you've been using a lot of the time, and comments that, hey, that beetle was fabricated here in Lanayru, and... You know, I can upgrade it for you to carry bombs. It's the pincer form of the beetle. That's nice. And this is the truly awesome upgrade. Electro bokoblins are much more difficult than regular bokoblins. Yes, you can't just wildly swing. Yeah, they actually require you to, like, counter hit them and parry them with your shield. It's very different. Or blow them up. There's ways around it. Mm -hmm. You walk your trek through the desert. Your predestined path of destiny. Yeah, destiny. You go through a lot of gates that are shaped like the robots. This is why I say like they really like designing things that look like themselves. The robots are the one people on the surface who most aggressively have their own culture and the clearest signs of consistent architecture and design. And art. And art. Yeah. When you walk around, you'll actually see that the in their buildings, in the roofs, um, there's like star patterns. And then on the walls, there's weird circular patterns. Um, I'll get more into that later. Oh, okay. But uh, you keep wandering, and then you get to the first sign in the game of a unified Triforce with the Crest of Hylia. Ooh, is that the first one? Yep. Oh, shit. Where's this? The Temple of Time. Oh! That's this an doesn't awesome. look like the Temple of Time. It doesn't look like the Temple of Time. What's it's, going on? It's the beta version, or the alpha version? Yeah, I'd call the this temple. the alpha version. Temple 1.0. And there's this giant, absurd structure with the crest. You can see it from really far. The way that this particular place is set up, there's a large circular area with the mining facility in the center, and then off to the side of the mining facility... Past the wall is the Temple of Time, right? Yeah. The mining facility is in the ground right now. Ah. You don't know a thing about it other than there's this large desert area. But you can see the Temple of Time. Yeah. And the big Hylia crest, which would later be used in Ocarina of Time. Later? Yeah, later. Yes, later. Okay. And at the gate is Gorko, your Gorin um, architect. Architecture? No. Yeah. The other A word. Archaeologist? Archaeologist. Yeah. The- Goran Archaeologist Buddy. <laughs> is he the one who always calls you Buddy, but yes. otherwise speaks it in strangely formal language? Uh-huh. I love Gorko. Now, wouldn't you say that the the part of the crest of Halia that is essentially the body of the bird kind of looks cross-shaped? Could you elaborate on what you mean? Well, it has sort of a, a, a vertical shape to it, and then like two, a little horizontal line especially if you look at the 3d version of it you can very clearly see the cross inside let me link you please oh i see what you mean yes absolutely i i i I can see that Mm, less explicitly than in the sacred shield i think sure but yeah you can definitely trace the same lines here now in the version of the temple of time the bird does have like a head on it yes. but some versions don't 
have a head or even the feet that are in this version, which does make it look more like a humanoid figure with wings. I've tried to piece together the fig- the the crest because it doesn't really make sense to me that Halia's crest wouldn't have a head for some reason. So like parts of me think maybe the the part on top is actually the tail and it's a, a bird swooping down with its its head facing down. The godhead is the Triforce. I suppose so. I don't know. It's stylistic either way. We don't have the materials necessary to draw reasonable conclusions about how these different iterations of the symbol relate to each other outside of the idea that they relate to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, at the entrance is Gorko, and he really wants to go in to explore the Temple of Time, but um, somebody, well, he remarks that he saw a sky human who looked just like Link um, run by, Yeah. and uh, the door exploded. So Link can't get in. A sky human who looks just like Link. Gorons can't really tell Hylians apart very easily. It's got blonde hair. It's and... true, she is blonde. But she's like way harder blonde than he is. And, and about the same height, and that that's... Oh, I can exactly come up with, like... a, with a narrative sequence for the different crests. Oh? oh let's hear so it. The first one was the one without the head or the feet. It was just a humanoid figure with wings, an angel, like Hylian. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then Helia uh, started being portrayed as a bird and grew a head and wings and started swooping towards the Triforce. And then she claimed the Triforce and the Triforce itself became her head. Yeah, I can, I, I, I can definitely see how that would be working out. Yeah, that makes sense. I'd have to think about that shit for a while, but yeah, that makes sense. You know what this isn't? This is not geography. <laughs> no, this is art history. Yeah, art history is very different from geography. So there is an alternative path into the Temple of Time, and that is through the mining facility. Does Gorko know about it? Um, I think he remarks on there being an alternative path, but it's infested with monsters, so he's not going to go there. Oh, okay. But you need to activate the path uh, using, uh, I guess, a power generator. And this involves traveling a lot around the place sticking your sword into these mini generators and turning them on, which um, allows you to turn the three spots on this master generator thing that's in the center of the deserty area. And the neat part here is that you realize, um, I think Phi actually remarks to you, there's parts of the desert where you won't just sink into the sand. There's a structure underneath and it's sort of like a maze or coliseum pattern. Mm. So you can safely walk around, but you have to place little landmarks because otherwise you just see the desert. Right. That was really neat. But she can like, you have to go near the center of the thing towards where the key to unlocking the Lanayru mining facility is. Mm-hmm. Activate the time shift stone and then talk to the little robot there who's like, this map is all wrong. Give me a second and I'll adjust that for yeah. you. Yeah, and then the little... And he'll lay out the spots where you can walk safely. So you can mark those with waypoints. Yeah. It also becomes clear somewhere around here that it's the robot's job also to um, patrol the outside of the temple. And that the temple of time, where the gate of time is, was made by the goddess. Made by the goddess. Yeah. I don't know if it's made by as in she literally crafted it, much like the sealed temple of Hylia, or made by her people in... You know, devotion to her. Huh. 
Now, have we mentioned already how the Sheikah symbol is in the same shape as the symbol on the sacred shield? No, we haven't. How well, do you mean? It definitely has the same, like, bottom vertical thing, and then sort of a round center with oh. three triangles on top. Mm. Oh, if the claws on the side came around and finished, that would just be the symbol the of the eye in Breath of the Wild. Yes. So the cross, the claw, and the bird are all the same symbol with the eye. Yes, which also you have pointed out before is reminiscent of the the halo or headdress that Hylia wears in the intro. Oh, wow. There's a lot. Wow. I did not expect things to come together this much. Good spot. Wow. Thank you, Crystal. That's That will actually illuminate things a lot going forward. This timeline's going to be complicated <laughs> once we finally sit down to do it. Um, let's see. Oh, in the little rooms, like the packing facilities, there are little notes left by the robots, and some of them are about worker safety and so on. Yeah. But one of them remarks that production this month was 150 boxes. Of time shift stones? Yeah, I guess so. It didn't say time shift stones. Is that good or bad? That's a lot of boxes. Yeah, but like, how is it framed? It No, no it's like a gen- neutral comment. Oh, okay. They just said boxes? Yes. And then they're like, safety first. Yes. There's no worse effect on productivity than people getting injured. Yep. So this is, are you skipping ahead to where we're inside of the mining facility? No, no. These are the little places where you, you activate the mini keys. Oh, okay. Which you need to stick your sword into. Right. The little robot that you talk to explains that there's this dais here that you have to align according to a certain necessary pattern but in order to even power it you have to go around to different parts of the outer facilities and get the power rerouted to this place oh there's a little temple cleaning schedule too that's cute oh that is cute so you run around the outer perimeter at different parts of the Lanayru desert go inside of these buildings where the outer mining facilities like the packaging and the refineries are the refinery is the mining facility oh okay yeah um, and then you you do the giant generator and the temple, well, the mining facility rises out of the sand and the robot remarks on this so it can see the outside. Yeah, it can. The mining facility rises out of the sand and the robot who is standing within the time shift stone field sees this happen even though the, the, the facility is outside of the time shift stone field. So now we know for sure that the robot anchored into the past as it is can look around and see oh i guess this is where i'm going to be a certain number of thousands of years later i guess i die here i forgot to mention that the music in this area is great i think that the Lanayru region in general has the best the best music best music it. in the and game. they always have two versions the present version which is a little bit chilled out more mm-hmm. subdued and then the past version which is a little bit machine-like sure like it's very like steam or engines or gears i would go so far as to say that the Lanayru mining facility which we've just caused to rise out of the desert actually has the best dungeon music in the entire game crystal do you think so i think it's very good it's so good as soon as you walk in it's like the one case where i'm probably going to use the dungeon theme for an intro or an outro um As you're walking in and Link does his cool, I'm the cool guy walking into the depths of who knows what. Oh, it's so cool, though. You notice that there's little lamps on the side of the staircase and they're shaped like little robot heads. 
Oh yeah, it's another case where they're using themselves as the primary decorative motif. Yeah. And you walk in, and much of the facility is dusty. And this this facility is where all the mining and refining is done in digging for time shift stones. I think naming it the mining facility is a misnomer, because a lot of the mining is done outside of this place. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll encounter several different areas, which they mentioned are, are rich in time shift stones. And then this facility... You don't really see anybody digging things. You see the stones going along conveyor belts. And getting ground up. Yeah, and getting refined. So is this is a Lanayru refining facility. This is the refinery yes, for time shift refinery. stones. I have another step in the art history chronology. Uh-huh. Before the image of the angel that represented Helia, there was the crest of the spirits of good. Hmm. Which has a similar shape, but with a less defined, more blocky body and wings. And because Hylia was a particularly powerful spirit of good, she drew her own symbol in the same shape, but more distinguished. Like a family crest. Yes. Ah. Hmm. The most prominent of the Hikari no Kami. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. We're, we're getting a pretty distinct uh, through line here visually, where one branch of this whole art thing ends up looking a lot like the Christian cross. Yeah. Funny how that works. Other uh, motifs in this dungeon, there is like the little screw symbol, like a little X in a circle Uh on the walls. What does that signify? It's just a screw? Yeah, they're robots. Or is it just, but it's not actually a screw. It's just a symbol of a screw. Yes. They're big into Philip's head. (laughs) Yes. And there's actually, I think I, I wrote it down. There is one room in this dungeon where there's like a full-on little painting. It's really hidden. A painting, not a mosaic, but a painting. Yeah, of the robots. You have to sort of crawl in. I don't know if I've ever seen this. I'll see if I noted it down. We'll just progress normally. Sure. Now, another interesting wrinkle is that the villain of Sonic the Hedgehog 2006... Crystal! Solaris looks a lot like one of the intermediary symbols of Hylia. Here, let me link you. Oh lord! Is you that are, not? You're you're exactly right. It looks like I need to hit it with a skyward wow. strike. Wow, that is that is them playing through a Zelda game and saying, "Gee." No, other way around. Sky, it's, it's Sonic 2006 is the one that involved all the time travel, right? That's correct, and uh, oh apparently very influential to Skyward Sword. Oh no! Well, I mean, it did also seem to be drawing motifs from highly. Hylian shields in Ocarina of Time or something. Those are also Taboo's wings now that I think of it. Oh my god, it all comes together. Ah, Taboo, a renegade spirit of good. Spirit of bad, if you will. I don't know how to deal with all this. So there's a painting of the little things. Are there Beemos in this dungeon? Yes, there are. They are the security mechanisms of the dungeon. They are only functional in the past areas where you hit time shift stones. Right. And do you know, I this time around, I forgot how to defeat Bemos. With Bemos, with their eye? Yes. How do you, you defeat them? Well, I thought that I had to get the freaking Gust Bellows first. But there's this whole room. Oh, that's for the Armos. Yes. 
It's essential for the armos. It helps with the bemos, I think. But I just ran my ass off every time I encountered one. And these suckers are really fast in this one. How do you bemos. fight bemos without the thing? Well, they are like segmented and there's glowy bits between the segments. Ah. And so you can cut off a segment and it will just sh- shrink down. Because bemos are like pillars in this. Yes. And so you cut off two segments, and then you can poke it in the eye. Ah. When I finally remembered that I could do that, I felt a little bit stupid. That's okay. We all forget things. I used a fairy or three. Oh, that's not as good. You know what else is another little running motif throughout this dungeon, especially in the present? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Little baby scorpions. Uh Uh-huh. They're kind of cute. They're extremely cute, really. Also horrible because they keep falling onto you from the ceiling. Yeah, if you don't look up, it's very alarming. But they make this loud squeal before they jump at you. Like, Like, we're going to get them. Let's get them. They're not very hard to defeat, but they're kind of annoying. They're just babies. Yeah. Why do you want to defeat the babies? They bite at me and make me lose hearts, which I cannot regenerate because it's hero mode. Fair enough. And you get the gust bellows eventually. How do you get the gust bellows? There is no battle. Oh. It's just a long, if I can remember, a long trek where you have to jump on the upper parts of these pillars. You can't fall down. Otherwise, you have to jump it all over again, and there's these floating puffer fish air things. Now, our listeners may remember the Gust Bellows as the most powerful item in Smash Brothers history, but could you explain what function it serves in Skyward Sword and what it is? The Gust Bellows is a vacuum cleaner, (laughs) only instead of sucking, it blows. Ah, a reverse vacuum. We seem to have lost Crystal here. I'm going to keep recording. I'm sorry? Oh, there you are. Okay, for a second, for a second, all your background noise stopped, and it sounded like you were gone completely. Oh, it's because I wanted to chew some popcorn. Oh, okay. Does it have butter on it? Yeah. That's great. That's the good shit. Now, I do have some interesting points to make about the progression in design from the Sacred Shield to the Divine Shield to the Goddess Shield. Okay. And how perhaps this reflects the development of the cult of Hylia. So on the Sacred Shield, there is a bird Mm -hmm. on the top, which is perhaps birds at this time were revered as sacred, but not necessarily divine beings unto themselves, just animals to be revered. Sure. Then in the Divine Shield, you see something that looks almost intermediary between the uh, the symbol of the Spirits of Good and the wings of the Helian Crest. Yeah, absolutely. It's got that same semicircle with the almost sunbeams shining out of it. And two little... I don't know what those poles are supposed to be. They're poles. <laughs> okay. And some sort of a, a abstract shape on the top. It looks almost like a necklace or perhaps beams of light. Yeah, it's either a sun or a necklace. I thought that too. So perhaps this is representative of a non-anthropomorphized divine force. And then the goddess shield, the top is firmly Hylia, a a human woman, and she's got some kind of three-piece golden necklace. And like gusts of wind billowing from her. The wind issuing from her hair and neck. Or a cloak of wind, maybe? Maybe. And then three little golden things at the bottom, too. One of which is in the shape of what would later become her body or the cross. Huh. Yeah. So you, you see here a progression from 
sacred animal to abstract divinity to anthropomorphized goddess. Yeah, I can definitely see that. That's a pretty good reading. That kind of traces out the whole thing that she's doing. The thing about these shields, though, isn't necessarily that one predates the other. It's that simply it needs to be upgraded. Well, yes, it's not about how they predate, but they do present a progression in narrative moving from one to the other because each one that you move through is more potent, more powerful, more holy. Mm -hmm. I like the Gus Bellows. There's actually, in some respects, it's sort of like the spinner in that it's not that useful a lot of the time. Yeah. But you can always pull it out and then blow air at like a rupee and it makes a very nice noise. Yeah, it does. And there's actually a lot of sand in this game to blow. I'm going to go on the record here and say that the gust bellows is actually uh, much more useful, generally speaking, than the spinner is. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mike, I thought you said there was a lot of sin in this game to blow. <laughs> Blow all that sin away. That's also true. I guess. Actually, there aren't any cursed areas to blow cursed dust like in Wind Waker. Yeah, it would have been real good for that, though. Yeah. We needed that in Breath of the Wild to blow away the malice. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the difference between the spinner and the gust bellows. Uh, The spinner's fun in one part of one dungeon, but I find myself missing the gust bellows just all the time. Do these gust bellows contain the Breath of the Wild? No, they don't, because it's a machine. I was so disappointed that there was nothing in that game actually called The Breath of the Wild. Why? Well, has that ever happened before? Um, well, I guess they don't actually use the phrase Skyward Sword. They do say, raise your sword Skyward. Mm-hmm. Alright, that's close enough. Um, do they ever say Link to the Past and Link to the Past? No, but that's an NOA title. Oh, okay. Oh, they do say Triforce the Gods plenty enough. Um, Seven Joy? Orc? No. <laughs> well, fuck me. What about Train Whistle of the Wide World? Yeah, that's there's a train whistle in the wide world. Well, there's wind in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> a wild wind breath. Is the Breath of the Wild the goddess and the wind as portrayed on the goddess shield? I got nothing. <laughs> Y'all are leaving me behind. We actually made a mistake here, folks. The name Breath of the Wild is dropped in-game, however, that does not happen until the DLC. And now we know. It's fun looking at the Gus Bellows because it's not sucking in air to push out air. It's not. There's like, if you look at the back of it, there's like glowing bits of it uh-huh and they're pulsating i just yes, i just assumed pulsates. i just assumed that that was them showing how it draws in air oh it's pushing out a lot of air though yeah i don't think it matches up you're right i think it might be a time shift stone it's just got like time air in there <laughs> yes canned timed air can time air time air from another time this is why the desert dried out whoa hold the fuck <laughs> up um, as you venture around, um, you can use the gust bellows to blow this these little magnet tops of these uh, transporting block things that are that follow a stream of electricity. It's like using the gale boomerang back in Twilight Princess. 
Yeah, but you have to push it in the right direction or blow uh, on yeah. the right side of it. Um, you also fight... I guess you can fight Beemos by hitting air at them. But there's also, like, these Centros. Aren't they... Aren't those Armos Knights? There's also Armos Knights. Oh, then what are... Oh, the Centros are the little flying whirly gigs. Yes. That. They warned us about drone warfare back in <laughs> Skyward Sword. Because it sees you walking around where you're not supposed to be, and instead of trying to identify you, it starts shooting missiles at you. Uh-huh. Huh. And then mini-drones. Yeah, mini-drones. They're just trying to defend the place and or test you. Crystal, should we be wrapping up? Yeah, I think it's about time to call it. Okay. Okay. We're halfway through the dungeon. So we'll say that we get the gust bellows, and that'll be the end point. Okay. Here, where can people send us questions? You can send us questions through our email, bookofmedorapodcast at gmail.com. That's bookofmedorapodcast at gmail.com. I gotta open the email on my phone. That's cool. Uh, Do you want me to send you the question document? Sure. I'll read the first question that we have here. Okay. uh, Sent in by, this is Emily. And Emily writes... I've been listening to the new Book of Medora, and Cam, how dare you cut off Monica and Crystal singing? I really wanted to hear that. Let's do, let's do it. Well, I'm a shit. <laughs> and that's the only answer to that. I done fucked up, and I'll try not to do it in the future. Uh, if you two want to sing, I will not stop it Let ever again. Get the Ballad of the Goddess lyrics up. Including, right? Send it to us. Are we going to sing it? You can if you want, by all yeah, means. I'm going to sing it. So if she's singing it, you might as well sing along. I don't know. Um, now, are we singing... <laughs> I can't read phonetic. They have it here in phonetic, which I can't Monica read. Monica can read phonetic. <laughs> okay, I'll follow Monica's lead. You don't necessarily have to sing no, the Ballad no. of the Goddess. I've, I've, I've lost it. <laughs> you can sing whatever... Oh, I, I ruined it two yeah. weeks ago? Oh. Okay, Monica's out. Okay, I'm going to attempt to read the phonetic. Okay. En jai fu no be jun du te fu tu ke wenu sale en da fe ju no be du ju je fu tu no be de zu dot fe. Good job. That's me. Thank you. And uh, that particular fuck-up where I uh, attempt to shove past anything that is going down, I'll do my best not to do that again. Uh, But if I fuck up, please yell at me. That's it. And uh, Tem also wrote in to say that Monica has a lovely singing voice, so hopefully uh, you'll get the opportunity to strut at some point in the future. What? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not really feeling it right now, so... Um, Dino Koopa asks, linking a, a picture from Breath of the Wild, are these Kokiri symbols? Are the barbarians Kokiri? Now, um, the picture being displayed here is Link standing at the foot of the... Actually, hold on, I'm putting this on pause for myself. So we are looking at a picture from Breath of the Wild, and I suppose this is on the walls of a labyrinth? It is at the base of one of the labyrinths, I believe. Um, Judging by the fact that I think it's standing in water, this is probably the labyrinth at the northern end of Akala. 
And Dean is asking if the symbols at the bottom of the labyrinth are Kokiri symbols. And it is sort of a swirly-looking symbol. Hold Excuse on. me for a moment. Continue without me. Um, no, I think that's my fault. What happened? I think I it's verifying to call it's verifying the number. I just clicked the first thing. Oh. <laughs> Cameron has to answer a message from Google. Is it Google? <laughs> he, he's holding up his hand. <laughs> this is very funny. Thank you. <laughs> I literally didn't know that Google could just call over this shit. Yeah, I, I accidentally double-clicked and it went with the first thing. Two-factor authentication. Yeah, it's it's real shit. New device signed in. That's me. So, so, so do we do we think these are Kokiri symbols? They are plainly Kokiri symbols. Yeah, it's actually a symbol that you can see in Faron a lot in Skyward Sword. Interesting. Like the shape of the tree. Oh, so it's just a repeating... Okay, so we're drawing... That symbol is a link between the inhabitants of Faron and the Kokiri. Mm-hmm. Now, here's my theory. The Kokiri did not evolve into the Koroks. The Kokiri were Hylians, children who had a spell cast on them by the Deku Tree. And eventually they were let back into the world and they grew up to become the ancient barbarian tribe. Crystal. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> you be serious. I am. You be more serious than that. What, that what's wrong with that theory? It pr It's predicated on the idea that Kokiri come from Hylians, which is not an idea that this podcast would have even considered ever if it weren't for that one particular silly passage in the... Zelda Encyclopedia. But does this image not provide supporting textual evidence? Well, see, that's just the thing, because this symbol also exists among the Kikui. Okay. It occurs naturally in Faron Woods. That implies that the Kikui and the Kokiri are linked. That would imply to me that the symbol is one of the, Kokiri. the, of the forest spirits. The Kokiri symbol is different, though. It's not a spiral. There's a spiral in it, but there's, like, this other... It's not the same as the Kokiri shield, no. Right. Or the Deku shield. So, or... no, the Kokiri did not turn into the barbarians. The Kikui did. <laughs> oh, my God. They got bald. Okay. And the... put on war paint yeah, the... on their legs that don't exist. The Deku shield symbol is definitely different from this one, so it's not quite a Kokiri one. I, I'm going to come down on the side of no, the Kokiri are not the ancient barbarians. Likewise. But, but that's me. Well, who are they? I don't think we can really know. Okay, fair enough. I don't think we can know. Are we on to emails? Yeah, we're finally getting around to some emails. Crystal, will you do the honors? Well, hold on. Dino, Dino Koopa does have some extra questions. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh... He, he tagged you in them on Twitter, Cameron. Oh, shit. Okay, hold on. Okay, first one, uh, Dino Koopa points out that Eventide Island has geographical placement and gameplay similarities to the Tokay Islands in Oracle of Ages. 
Saying that Taranbo Shores was on Colon Island is easy, but an island stranding quest where you have to earn your items back on a southeastern island vaguely shaped like a crescent moon, that takes real reaching. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. We're, we're going to ignore the geographical placement thing. The, but... it, it would seem to imply that the reason the Hyrule of Breath of the Wild is so big is because Hyrule reclaimed many of its uh, uh, former regions that have since gone independent. But there's no Tokes on this Toke Island. Yeah, there sure isn't. Um, I would. That is definitely a callback, but that island was set up the way that it was 10 millennia ago as a now granted that still would have taken place after the oracle games yeah maybe they were inspired by toke island the adventures of one particular link yeah i don't know i'm gonna that's a fucked up thing to point out dean god damn i don't know i don't know i'm gonna say no 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 dean i like the ship go ahead oh i like how it was all spurred by a um storm and mini shipwreck though actually no in breath of the wild it wasn't no you just land there yeah okay you were saying crystal dean also has a theory that the house design in uh in the town whose name i can't remember in breath of the wild the you know the town you build terry town terry town it's a reference to the building style of the top down zeldas oh yeah, I could see that because of the way that everything is segmented so that it looks certain ways from certain angles. Right, the, the, the building company is trying to be like retro. Yeah, that's very interesting. I do like that uh, Eventide Island is topped by Koholint Rock. Yeah. God, Breath of the Wild is a timeline mess. I mean, it is. it's fine. It's the nexus of all things. I it, guess so. It's Zelda 3. You're not wrong. It's Twilight Princess 2. I'm sorry, Four Swords Adventures 2. It's or it's the third Oracle's game. Sure. There. God. Okay, uh, I- I'll read that first email then, yeah? Okay. Ben writes in, Hi, everyone. The Spirit Tracks episodes were really insightful and changed how I view some details of the series. I like viewing Hylia as a spirit of good because it makes her claim of the Triforce questionable. Why would she have it over the other spirits? And therefore more interesting. The overarching plot of the games could be seen as an eternal conflict between gods, spirits of good, and devils, demise, maladus, maybe bellum, with humanity struggling to survive with the consequences. Anyway, my questions. And do you think Majora is another demon involved in this struggle? One who was sealed away like maladus or demise? Is the fierce deity a spirit of good, another daemon, or a more neutral entity? Also, I was wondering if you would be interested in doing a special episode covering the history of the Zelda timeline as it was understood by the fans. It would be cool to hear how your perception of the timeline changed as each major entry was released, and the discussions arguments that resulted. (laughs) And what was up with those single link theorists? Could be a way to break up the Skyward Sword episodes. So long, and thanks for making a great show, Ben. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Those are some interesting questions. I guess to begin with, I do not think Majora or the Fierce Deity were ever actually, like, individuals as such. Yeah, I I think that the idea that we came to in the Majora's Mask episode, uh, Majora's Mask episode volume three, 
um, was that the fierce deity is the culmination of all the different good and pain and everything that Link has experienced and help others experience up to that point rolled into a single thing. It is the surest symbol of all the work that he has done. Hmm. Yeah. And while and, the, the mask does develop its own consciousness by the end of the game, that is only because of all the negative feelings that the Skull Kid has poured into it. It is just a vessel. So they are not distinct entities that had place in the war long past, or at least not to the best of our understanding. They could be like created over time a demon was created, though. Oh, absolutely. Like, it could be the case that Majora the Mask was the creation of some ancient Chthonic entity Majora, or it could be the case that over time it becomes its own demonic entity, and that that entity was previously destroyed and its vessel was left behind. Oh, no, I mean, like, by pouring in the collective griefs or sorrows, a demon was created. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying, too. Like, that oh, could be the case, okay. but whatever that demon was, it's not there in Majora's Mask. Mm. The thing that Skull Kid makes by pouring his heartbreak into it and poisoning himself with the pain of others, that's new. Right, but I'm saying that is demonic. I already agreed with this. Okay. Yes, yeah, so you could call the entity that develops Majora, but I think the origin of that name is probably just the name of the tribe. That makes good sense. Do we want to do a timeline episode? We're doing a timeline episode. Oh, a timeline episode will happen, yes. That is That might be the last episode of this podcast. And we'll definitely be going over the history of the timeline when we do it. Yep. And the historiography. Okay. Yeah. You, you. There was a period back when there was only five and then six Zelda games where the arguments about the timeline were very fucking different. Or even back when there were only four... Back when there being a single link theory could be argued to make some kind of sense? Kind of? Mm, no, Link to the Past is pretty explicitly a prequel. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, if you read those manuals. Yeah, the single link theorists were always... Didn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> they had two games. They had two games, yeah. Yeah. They had a good uh, year. <laughs> <laughs> they had a run. But the adherents of those didn't necessarily play the originals as they came out that's true too a lot of the adherents that we used to argue with back in the day started the series with link to the past basically yeah but these were the same people who argued that after ocarina of time was over and then majora's mask happened link went those arguments stopped popping up as much after majora's mask but it's like at the end of ocarina of time link goes to live with his uncle Yeah, you remember that. I think it's really off of a fascination of being able to name Link as yourself. So it's always the same person. Right, it's always the same person. It's you. So their conception... Which is not a... (laughs) So Link is 10 years old in Ocarina of Time. Yeah. He is 16 in The Venture of Link. Sure. Their idea is that all of those games happened over the course of six years. Yeah. Okay. Ganon, Ganon comes back really quick. See, it's not a problem if you don't name Link after yourself because, you know, Link is a boy. Incidentally, I named Link after myself and it didn't fucking matter. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying the risk is reduced when you can't or you you grew up to think that you couldn't name 
Link Monica. We will definitely be talking about how our perception of the timeline changed over the course of the series, pointing out the particular games that threw monkey wrenches into everything. Yeah. And yes, we will definitely spend some time more making fun of the single link theorists. If any of you are listening, I'm sorry you deserve it. (laughs) Don't apologize to the single link theorists. I don't think there are any left now. Maybe they rewrote their own history and now claim they never said that. They, there, they have. There has to be at least one more out there, I guess. You know that, Crystal. Did you look at that unified timeline that has uh, every Zelda media on it? Yes, I did. It's a YouTube video. What do you make of it? It's a funny video. It is a funny video. Okay. It's also a the fucking Zelda Wikia claims that the one link theory is an idea that was widely accepted until the release of wind waker widely accepted no less uh, w- which zelda wiki is this this is the the bad one the zelda wiki Zel- yeah. not the zelda, zelda dot- yeah <laughs> you love throwing shade at zelda.wikia.com it's, it's not as good as zelda gamepedia it has different strengths i find not single link theorists historiography i guess because in my corner of the internet, that was uh, extremely unpopular and silly sounding as of the year 2000. Oh, so this article is also claiming that the One Link theorists said the, the Wind Waker timeline is just a what-if scenario, also known as the Erase timeline. Oh my god, that may have actually been an argument that we heard back in the day. Oh my god, a single Link theorist wrote this article. <laughs> I can't fucking believe it. Um... Oh, I gotta think about this for a second. There was a point at which Zelda.com had a timeline. It was only for about a six-month period, but that timeline may have actually been a single-link timeline. Is this the Miyamoto order? I'm not sure. It's been it's been like 19 years. Okay, the Miyamoto order places a link to the past after the adventure of Link. Sure. Okay. That's okay. What are you doing? Shigeru. What you doing, Miyamoto-san? This ain't right. It's just the Zelda games in order of release. Uh, except that Ocarina of Time is supposed to come first. They made sure oh. to drill that into him. Yes, the, the timeline you're referring to, Cameron, is the single Link timeline, which was featured on the NOA website for the Legend of Zelda series. Oh, okay. It goes yep. Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, A Link to the Past, yep. Oracle of Ages, Oracle of Seasons, Oh, The Legend of Zelda, Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, and then Link's Awakening. See, even Why? Link's Awakening. Even there. back then, we knew that you could ignore official, so to speak, timelines. And yes, this does present a single Link theory in which Link decides to live with his uncle after Majora's Mask. Uh huh. I remember that because that was the point at which the single Link theorist came back out of their goddamn hole. Like, okay, this I I understand how in the context of a stupid forum debate this would be very exciting to single link theorists but also it's nonsense it's complete nonsense it doesn't fit with the text of the games in any way i refuse to believe that this was widely accepted until wind waker it wasn't that's some editorializing that is what you might call a historical citation needed citation fucking needed zelda.wikia.com editors it seems consistent that one link theories have a link to the past after zelda 2 they have to why because you 
can't have Link to the Past before because he lays the Master Sword to rest forever. And back in the day, most people assumed the Magic Sword to be the Master Sword. Okay. Forever. And also, you killed Ganon for good, and the Triforce told you Ganon was dead forever. You remember that? Yeah. (laughs) So, in the single Link theory, Link to the Past had to come after. So, yeah, we'll definitely revisit this boneyard when it's time to do the final episode, the great timeline bonanza that the entire Book of Medora series has been building up to. The finale of season one. The finale of season one. When do you think they'll announce Zelda, the 20th Zelda title? Uh, I don't know. It really depends. If... I think that we could hear about it next year if it's a 2D style game, but probably not until the year after if it's a full-blown 3D title. There's yeah, u- they're us- trying to pace it out. There's usually a three-year gap between the release of a given 3D Zelda and the announcement of the next one, I think. When do you think, Crystal? 2021. Damn, why so late? It's going to take a minute. They take a long time to make these now. That's going to take a very uh that means that we get a very long break between seasons for the book of medora podcast Mm -hmm. we'll have to spend that time building up some good content some good content good content do you want to review all the albums by getting out our dreams well what kanye west's label getting out our dreams good music i I don't know if i have the necessary perspective musically speaking to review albums by kanye west's label Okay, then we won't do that. I mean, we uh, there's other Nintendo lore we could do, I guess. K- Kirby's good. Kirby's good. Um, we could theoretically do episodes on uh, the Mother or Earthbound games. If we wanted to get really crazy, we could talk about the Mario games. That might be too much, though. Next email. Do we got time for another email, Crystal? Yeah, we got time for another email. Okay. Ocarina of Time Phi. Hi, Monica, Cameron, and Crystal. This is not much of a long theory, but I thought it was relevant for the Skyward Sword podcast. I believe all of catastrophes of Ocarina of Time were Fi's fault. When young Link drew the sword as a child, he was prevented from using it until he was old enough. However, who decided this? It wasn't Waru, it was the sword itself. So Fi basically said, there is a 97% chance this human is a child. I will not allow this. Because she saw a 17-year-old Link in Skyward Sword, she thought... That is the only way it can be done. This is assuming that the Master Sword was not pulled since the events of Skyward Sword until Ocarina of Time. Yet, the same Link is only a year or less older when he takes on Majora. Link in Wind Waker is only perhaps two to three years older and he takes on more experienced Ganondorf. Because of her strange rule, she made this grave mistake and allowed Ganondorf to take the Triforce of Power. She clearly learned her lesson by the time Wind Waker came around. I think you guys touched on this before, but I just kind of think Fi is the worst, and I wanted to find a way to put this on her. Anyway, I love the podcast. Thank y'all for all that you do. Sophie. Thank you, Sophie. Oh, boy. What's your read on this, Crystal? I want to look up Rauru's line exactly. Okay. 97 is a pretty high percentage. I think Fi would only go to 90%. Yeah, if she goes over 90, she's pretty sure. That's one of the weird things about Fi's dialogue in this game is that she uh, she never is absolutely certain about anything until the very, very, very end of the game. Yeah, including whether or not a Kikui is Zelda. Yeah, like 95% sure. 90. 90%, only 90. Yeah. 
So Rauru is very vague about who made this decision. He just says, however, you were too young to be the hero of time. So if he didn't make the decision, he clearly stands by it. Yes. It's interesting that he clarifies as hero of time, not just the hero. I guess it was just the style of the time. But that just placed limiters on the hero of time, not on, you know, the Wind Waker. Ocarina of Time is the first time that they use the phrase hero of blank, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, it is always fun to pin things on characters you don't like. God knows I do it enough with Raru, that piece of shit. But Fi's dead in this timeline. She's gone. She goes into a sleep unending and ceases to be at the end of Skyward Sword. And that is the version of the Master Sword that Link pulls out of the pedestal in Ocarina of Time. It could be an edict from the past. But then Hylia did it. Yeah. Dick move, Hylia. It's really easy to blame Hylia for these things. It is. She's kind of a catch-all for it. I'm going to blame Raru still, because fuck Raru. (laughs) Well, how about this? How about we blame Ganon? Because he was just so good at being the king of evil that he did it seven years before anyone expected him to. Yeah, might as well blame Ganon. Yeah, as okay. is proper. Sure. Or he didn't like, have to be the king of evil. Or it's like as he's as Ganon's like twenty five feet behind Link as he pulls the master sword, and the master sword doesn't read Link; it reads Ganon and goes, "Uh, not yet. Not you're not ready for that one yet." That that's actually a good decision then. Yeah. Like, it goes, well, you don't have the resources to beat Ganondorf. You couldn't. Not as you are now. So we're just going to hold on. Sophie's right that a Link of similar age takes on a more experienced Ganondorf. Yep. I don't... Well, the other thing is that he doesn't do it alone. If he He's had, chaperoned the whole time. If he had fought Ganondorf without Tetra, he would have been killed. Yeah. That's it. But he was also literally chaperoned the whole time. Yes. Fucking Raru. God damn it. Fucking Raru. Piece of shit. Think you're so cool. Hate that guy. Fucking sucks. Building the... Claiming to build the Temple of Time. His bare hands. Power greater than the Master Sword. He didn't hire a construction crew. He did it all himself. Every brick. Hyrule Historia of just, like, love Raru so much. He even made him Zelda's dad. Made him Zelda's dad. No, that's the owl. Literally the father of God. Right, he is He is the Virgin Mary. Yeah, Raru the Virgin Mary. See, I'm not Catholic, so I can make that joke. I don't know. Y'all sound the same to me. Goddamn. <laughs> you know what? That's probably the most fair thing that's been said on this podcast in its entire runtime. Every time someone says to me, like, oh, I'm not Christian, I'm Catholic, I'm like, I don't know what that means. No one has... Wait, seriously? People have said that? Yes. What, what, were they, like, ultra-Orthodox Catholic? Or what the fuck? I mean, I don't know. Because, I mean, Cat... You know what? I'm not... I'm not doing... I'm not falling down that hole. That's not what this podcast is. The only religion we're concerned with is the worship of the three gods as subverted by the worship of Hylia. And that's all we care about. Cameron, where can people send us questions? You can send questions to myself or... Crystal on Twitter, at CamWriter or at Arcane Crystal, respectively. And you can send questions to our podcast email, Book of Medora Podcast at gmail.com. That's Book of Medora Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, I'm going to have to do the long gap again. <laughs>
Where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at CamWriter. You can find me at Arcane Crystal. You can uh, listen to some other podcasts on AudioEntropy.com, like uh, Let's Plays. So I'm on that podcast. We scientifically and objectively rank every video game according to quality. There's MCU Complete Me, where we talk about all the movies of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and decide if they're good or bad. And there's other podcasts like All Along the Watchtower, D Comedy, Aliens with Battleborgs, The Digital Moncast, The Home for Infinite Losers, Totally Reprise, Let's Steal a Podcast, and War and Beast. Would you like to hear a, a Zelda joke? Wait, Crystal, can't they... F- if people want to, can't they hear this podcast and others that you're on early oh that's true there is a way for you to hear this podcast and others early if you subscribe to patreon.com slash arcane crystal for little as two dollars a month you can get early access to the book of medora and various other podcasts that crystal's on yes including the patreon exclusive podcast let's place let's place where we scientifically and objectively rank every episode of let's place according to quality have you ranked Spirit Tracks yet? Not yet, no. Oh, I'm real curious to hear where that one goes. Would you like to hear a Zelda joke? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. This one was sent in by Cameron. Cameron, like Cameron here, Cameron? Yeah, this is our, our Cameron. Oh, okay. Go, go ahead. <laughs> what? I'm trying to remember it. What does Ganon call walking simulators? What does Ganon call walking simulators? A gone home. Yeah! Crystal, I ended the last podcast with this joke. No, we just workshopped it. But, okay. The delivery's, the delivery's half the joke. Okay. Good job. Wait, was it on the previous podcast as well? The workshopping it was, is on, it the was on the previous podcast. Oh, okay. Monica forgot utterly since there was a two-week gap. Yeah, I just don't have recordings. that kind of memory. Which is fine. That makes the joke better. Uh-huh. Are we finished? Yeah. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.